All right, we're talking about the Flash. Um, guys, real quickly before we get into it, I'm going to give you a quick rundown of the history of this movie. Mm, love Ooh, it. Boy. All right, first announced in 2014. <laughs> when they did like a whole like, hey, here's the DC Extended Universe, guys, after Batman v oh. Superman. Here you go. Cyborg. Mm. At that point, the film was supposed to be released in 2016, just before Justice League. That obviously didn't happen. But as as Ryan said, yeah, a Cyborg movie and a Green Lantern Corps movie were part of those. Mm-hmm. Outside of those two, all those films eventually got made. So, you know, there you go. Oh, Justice League Part 2 didn't get made. Never mind. Uh, Phil Lord. Nope. Yeah, Phil Lord and Chris Miller wrote the first draft of that film before deciding to go write Solo, which we know how that worked out in 2015. Seth Graham Smith was uh, was uh, attached to write and direct based on the treatment that Phil Lord and Chris Miller wrote. They uh, That was going to be his directorial debut. Mm, yep. He, however, by the way, he wrote Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, and the Lego movie. Yeah. Um, he left in 2016 due to creative differences. Rick, Fum- Rick Famuyiwa then came on board in 2016, and he was going to use uh, Smith's script. That's when Kiersey Clemens and... Um, uh, Billy Crudup came on board mm-hmm. as uh, as Iris and Henry. That didn't work out actually after a while. Uh, and then 2017, Joby Harold came came on board to write that to write what he story credited for this current adaptation. Um, 2018, John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein were set to direct. 2019, Ezra Miller and Grant Morrison were writing a new script. I Miller was I... Miller was threatening to leave the project if Warner Brothers didn't take that script he was not happy with the lighthearted direction that warner brothers wanted to go down they they sorry thank you they grant morrison come up a lot so just try and get that in your heads they i'm just trying to think of a grant like they're both these by the way grant yeah yeah yeah. like what that movie a grant morrison script yeah um so that so obviously they didn't they didn't take that script and i begged ezra miller to stay on board uh, that's when uh, Daly and Goldstein left the project because they didn't like the Ezra Miller script that was happening. Then uh, Warner Brothers scrapped it anyway. And then finally, Christina Hodgson and Andy Muschietti came on board in 2019, and they've been on board until now. And here we go. So, real quick, directed, yes. Um, because of everything happening with Solo and The Flash, uh, because of those nonsense, uh, we can thank those movies for having Across the Spider-Verse and Into the Spider-Verse happen, because that's where Lord Miller went to do, because both those movies failed. So yes, we, we count our blessings. Yeah. Um, and the so is just like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> so directed by Andy Muschietti, written by Christina Hodgson, who, as I mentioned many times, uh, wrote uh, Birds of Prey, Bumblebee, and Batgirl, uh, the scrapped Batgirl movie. Joby Harold is credited as, as story credit. He did Transformers Rise of the Beast from last week. So, full spoilers if you have not seen the film. Also, uh, the John Francis Daly and Goldstein guy, that's the guys who made Dungeons and Dragons. So because they didn't do Flash, they made Dungeons and Dragons. So, oh, man. We're in, the good, we're in a good timeline. We're in, the good, we're in the better timeline, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're um, in the better spaghetti. Dungeons okay. and Dragons compared no, to the I mean, Flash? Like, I'm glad that movie's here. Compared to the Flash? Well, but here's the thing. Would they have not done it necessarily because the Flash would have come out sooner? Maybe. Mm. I'm just I'm just going off what the I next, mean I'm the happy with what we got I'm happy with what we got I'm just going off because that movie came out. All right, so full spoilers. You have been warned. If you have not seen the film yet, go pause this or keep watching it. I really don't care. Um, but you've been warned. So let's get right into it. What did we think, Ben? It was all right. Cool sparks. Ah, you said it's a mid. Yeah, you you no, the opportunity no, man. I no, honestly, I actually kind of liked this. I I enjoyed it. Mm. 
it's not the best. It's not the worst. It's definitely not mid. Um, you just cost us 10,000 views. <laughs> all right, fine. I'll say, I'll say it. It was mid. Uh, Sparks, what'd you think? Deep breath. I think it has a lot of good moments, a lot of high highs and some really low lows. And I think it's Achilles heel is that none of the important things, the like core important things it needed to do are in the good category. Mm. Uh, Ryan. I liked it. I think there's a lot, just like he said, there's a lot of great stuff. Um, I, in fact, like halfway through the movie, I'm like, am I really going to like this movie? And then the final act happens. And then that kind of like sours a little bit for me, but like I, I went in like hoping for the best. And like, I came out with like a pretty fun, like, you know, there, there, there are worse flash movies in the world than this one. And the, the last act is, I, I feel like a completely separate movie compared to like the two flash movies we were getting first. Uh, I liked it. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I saw the flash. I thought I fall more on Sparks's angle here. Cause I think the first act I'm kind of like, Oh, you know, this is kind of fun. I'm into this, whatever. Sure. Yeah. And then I'm not interested anymore. And there's moments where I become more interested, but most of the time the movie just kind of falls flat for me. I won't say it's a bad movie as Stephen King, Ben's best friend said, it is, it is not the best superhero movie ever as David Zaslav, Tom Cruise, James Gunn, Stephen King, all have said it's the best superhero movie. It is not. It is quite honestly a perfectly fine mid-level superhero movie that has a lot of problems. And I, I think that um, I, 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 I frankly don't know what they were watching. But that's not here. That's neither here nor there. You know what they were watching? They were watching their bank accounts. Well, I don't know why, because this movie's not making any money. <laughs> that's where they were trying to fix. <laughs> that is right. really funny. That movie's not even like it's I, doing worse than even I thought it was going to do, which is I, really interesting. Yeah, I will say, um, I think that it's impossible for me on just having one viewing for that perception to not have been somewhat colored by the overhype machine. Not that I ever bought into it. I never believed that they were accurate with the way they were marketing the hype, but it still affected me going into the film that they were trying to push that narrative. And I'm like, come on, y'all. Why are you yeah. lying to me? Sure. Don't <laughs> lie to me. I get it. Why are you lying? I, I, I just, I knew it wasn't going to be that. So I was like, I'm just going to go in and watch it. So I, um, I, I'll talk about one thing that I, that I didn't, that I don't think works very well in the movie. And honestly, I think it's the two berries. I don't think Ezra Miller works off of himself very well. I think Ezra Miller works off of Michael Keaton well. So his scenes as the older Barry talking to Michael Keaton, I actually quite like. I never found a moment where the younger Barry worked for me on... It's, to say that means to say that I don't like it. It's just kind of, it just kind of, it's just kind of there. Like he's just a non-issue to the plot that I yeah. don't really see the point of having that second Barry. And I also don't know why hit, why older Barry had to lose his speed. Uh, we cut that entire set. We cut, cut that entire second Barry and the movie's really just the same, except maybe dark flash doesn't happen, but I think you could still make that work. I, 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 I hear you. Uh, I am more positive on secondary. And when I learned that there were going to be two, like two Ezra Millers, I was like, that's man, that's a choice for this movie. Um, but this is, this is definitely just like a, just like a, like it either works for you or doesn't. And for the most of the time it did, like, I would say like seven out of the 10, seven out of 10 jokes worked for me. You know, like mm -hmm. I just, I having older Barry now being mature, seeing the person he used to be and like 
being an 18 year old is, is awful and like 18 year olds are awful well, but so it's like, not it's not even like the person he used to be it's a person he never got oh to it's, be. It, it, it's true yeah. it's a person he never got to be because like he was like catered to by his mom his entire which life i say that and i think the movie has that there but i don't think they go for that enough sure yeah to justify the separation between the two as characters sure. and that's part of the problem i think it's partially a problem in script and partially a problem in performance one of my biggest issues with it is that ezra miller completely drops I feel their awkwardness in the performance of Barry. Um, once there is a younger Barry, mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. they are suddenly far more focused, far more straight lined. Yeah. Like they have to be this frankly kind of blander, more mature version That's by comparison to the younger one to a degree where I'm like, I don't recognize the character I was watching in the first 15 minutes of the film in your performance anymore. Like it, you have now transitioned into like hmm. all of a sudden your quirks aren't here. These quirks that we haven't spent enough time with this character, which is also a problem with this film, but like between justice league and this, all of a sudden, a lot of those mannerisms slipped away. I'm not saying they're, I won't say they're 100% gone through, through the rest of the film, but they are very much reduced. I'll tell you what, I agree with you. And that's not a bad thing. Because I don't like Justice League and, B and BVS Flash. And I like this Flash. So if he is a little less annoying, a little less ticky, I think that's fine. Because I still think, like, him, like, I think the calorie thing is, like, such a great idea. To, like, show you, like, that dude, because he always was eating in those, in those other performances, too. Like, to have him, like, he does have to constantly eating. It is something he has to think about. Like, it is, like, his energy meter. I think that's, I think that's a fun, a fun new addition. I, I hear you, but I don't view that as a problem, personally. As, as because you brought up the eating thing, I, I don't disagree that I like the idea that he always has to eat. It's not something new to Flash. John Wesley ships Barry Allen had to do it all the time. Um, it, I don't like how it's filmed. I found it aggressive. I find it aggressive when, as it's filmed because every single time we get like an eating moment, it's like a hard zoom in with like excessive mouth noises. And I'm personally, as an aesthetic choice, I'm not here for it. I get that it could work for other people, but it doesn't work for me. Yeah, I. Uh, I do think this this movie has a huge tonal problem, but like when it when it 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 works the best in the first act. Like I I wish the entire movie was as wacky as the first act was. I really do. I wish this could have just been a a half the budget silly slapstick. Like this is basically a half like a Looney Tunes movie at times, especially with the with the mm -hmm. with the baby stuff. Like and I thought that was great. I love it. I I wanted more of that stuff. But then like we got to go into the dark stuff, which is fine. Well, that's you know, what I said. That's why I said, like, I like the first act. I actually, yeah. I'm actually really enjoying it in the first act. And uh, on Sparks's point about Miller's performance, I think Miller, I don't think he's, I don't think, I don't think they're, a, I don't, maybe they're not. I haven't seen much of their performances. I've seen Perks of Being a Wallflower in the in the Fantastic Beast films and his Barry Allen. I haven't seen a lot of them. I I don't buy his comedic performance, which is probably why younger Barry doesn't work for me because he's he's primarily all comedy. Um Whereas older Barry is mostly emotion. And I find those scenes work for me far more because I think Ezra Miller is good at, at, at that performance. He, so one of the movies that I have seen them in is uh, we need to talk about Kevin. It's one of his earliest performances. I think he was, it was when he was, when they were a teenager and it's in that movie, they are like a young, like uh, serial killer. And he, it is, it is a very intense performance and they are a very intense actor who is doing more, more comedy in these roles. So like, I, I think they, I think they're, much better at being a, a, a dramatist dramaturg, mm -hmm. if you will. That's why I like, that's why I like Parks being a wallflower. I think yeah. they're very good in that movie. Yeah. yeah. Sparks. Uh, uh, just going back to what I was saying um, with that is that I don't dislike 
Miller's performance as the older Barry. That's not what I was trying to convey. What I don't like is the fact that I find the character inconsistent. Yeah. Um, that that I don't see that character as the same. Like regardless of the fact that I find <laughs> the performance in the dramatic parts of the middle and and most of the ch- rest of the chunk of the film more palatable doesn't change the fact that all of a sudden I feel like we're with a different Barry. Sure. Or that when we get to the very end of the film, all of a sudden we've whiplashed back to the Barry that we had at the beginning of the movie um, in I, terms of that mannerisms and performance yeah. thing. And, and it's that, it's that inconsistency that bothers me more than anything. Yes. It is a, I think a better direction for what Miller's capable of, because I agree. I don't think Miller's strength is in the comedic stuff, mm-hmm. um, but it still is like, uh, that doesn't feel that doesn't jive. This for me, this character yeah. doesn't stay the same. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, for me, what what works for me about it is it is it's not just like oh I need to like save this girl. Like it's the it's like I gotta save like the world. Like I, I like like the the threat of human the threat of the universe is at stake. So <clears> he does need to he does need to like put his suit up and he does need to like hunker down. Uh, because it's like the guy like there is another version of him with the same powers and like it, that could destroy reality as. It, it almost does at the end. So like I I for me, I am cool with him maturing up in the face of obliteration for the universe. Mm-hmm. Stuff so like like you know. And again also like it might be you know, I just like I it is a, it is not consistent but I just think I have more fun with him being like this. So like hey, the end of the world, you got to mature a little bit. Mm-hmm. No, I mean that's fair. Like I I just his performance as Barry Allen has also never worked for me and yeah. I don't think that I think as I think I agree with Sparks, but I also agree with with Ryan. Like, I do prefer this more. I believe when Sparks said this. I, I do prefer this direction for Barry Allen. It's just inconsistent. But I also don't really care for Miller as Barry Allen in the first place. Like, I don't. I don't think even in this film he ever really. They ever really um, come come to it. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I I'm gonna put a very fine point on because I do want to move to other things. I think what I hit the wall with is that it makes uh, all of Barry's mannerisms in the beginning of the film and the very end of the film, the things that they do in their main universe, it makes all of those things feel like they're an act or a performance, um, that they are, uh, in fact, like comedy bits for the character instead of mental health quirks, which is something Miller talked about being part of how they baked into Barry Allen when they were making the Justice League character. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it has gone completely absent when we go into this direction of the film, regardless of the fact that it's supposed to be this more mature role, the fact that the the stammering is toned completely away, almost gone, Mm -hmm. um, and all that kind of stuff, makes it feel like we're no longer thinking about, is this character... Is this a part of who the person is? That's right. And I think that's part of my problem with it. Well, that's yeah, a, a really valid, awesome thing. Yeah. Ben, uh, want to jump in here? Yeah. About well, actually, I. Well, you don't have to talk like about Ezra Miller. You can move to you can move to something Anything. else. You I want. just want you to talk. No, I was going to say I actually liked the performance that um, they played off themselves. To be perfectly honest, I thought seeing the two complete total opposites that worked for me because you have a Barry Allen who grew up with thinking his. Where, where the world thought his dad killed his mom or he had where he worked or where Barry worked super hard and he had to work and got struck by lightning guys powers became a superhero and then you have a more laid back childish version of that who in older Barry's eyes was is the luckiest kid in the world because this Barry got to live with his mom he did it so I actually kind of liked how when older Barry realized that Oh shit! I am in the pat. I am in a certain point in time where I should not be. He 
you can tell that he like instantly had to go into crisis mode and he went to i need to figure this out i need to figure and then he went to younger barriers like it was kind of like um uh what's a good analogy for this oh damn i don't have one but I, it actually no not back to not back to the future but it i will Sorry, say yeah, it, actually, it did work for me in a way yeah yeah i feel you yeah. <laughs> what was the what was the uh thigh to the future no eric uh what was the guy thought he had eric stoltz tattooed on his thigh oh no, yeah thigh. oh yeah 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 he had thigh to the, the future <clears throat> i think it's thigh to the future that yeah, whole that little funny. section i i thought was really funny because so, it's just like the, the parallel worlds of like kevin bacon is in this movie and this movie and this movie and i like that i like that kind of thing uh, well i want to talk about so so for me a lot of the stuff before we get to my to, to, when we enter the speed force and change the thing and we're and we're in the we're in 2013 up to Michael Keaton, I'm kind of not in the movie anymore. I don't really, I find that stuff to be a little boring, but I actually, but when we get to Michael Keaton, I really like Michael Keaton. Like, I think he's delivering a really good performance. I think he's having a good time. I like his scenes with Ezra Miller. Um, I think they're good and I think they're well-written and I think they both play, they both play off each other very well. Um, Specifically the older Barry and Michael Keaton. I I like that stuff a lot. Um, Even his action sequence, I thought I find is kind of fun. The smartest thing they did was not try to have Michael Keaton do any action and it looked awful. They just got a stunt guy to like just fight the two berries like when we first meet him so it's not mm-hmm. like the like the most awkward choreographed thing ever and i'm like we know he, he's like 75 years old you don't have to like make him fight it's it's a, it's a yeah. movie and I, so i like i like the michael keaton stuff specifically his fight sequence i mean look he doesn't move like batman 89 and we all knew that was going to be the case but like that's one of my that's a really cool just a, a batman action sequence where he's fighting and he's using his cape and he's using his batarangs and i like that he's using his big bulky batarangs from the tim burton film like yeah. they're the thinner batarangs he's just throwing them around i like that um mm-hmm. i could have done without the throwing up but there's a miller throwing up it <laughs> in the middle of that but i like i like that stuff and i, I think keaton is fun in this yeah um i think uh Honestly, one of the standouts of the Flash is both both Batman. I love both. I think both Batman are good in this movie. Honestly, y'all, I it is t- the trajectory of Ben Affleck in like the Snyderverse and the DC was so weird because like when he's first announced, like it's cool. Then BBS comes out and I don't think the movie's good, so I don't really think about Ben Affleck as Batman. But then like I reevaluate not so much the movie but him as Batman, and I love him. And then in Zack Snyder's Justice League, he's awesome. He actually has an arc on like the the, the Justice League movie, and in this. That's like, dude, that's Batman. And he's he's not doesn't have like a uh, like a robot voice. He's doing a Batman voice. I love that. Us, I love that. It took us this long to get a Batman voice. I'm like, and you're gone. And now you're gone. You're so good. I love you, Batfleck. I really love his I really love his action sequence. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. He gives a Sparks. he gives a great speech to, to sorry, someone go ahead. Sorry. Sparks, you were gonna say something? No, I was just agreeing. Oh well, so uh, one of the, so one the thing I really like about so the thing that honestly gets me a little bit interested in Andy Muschietti doing a Batman Brave and the Bold film is the fact that we see Batman using gadgets like we see him in the comics. You know, like things things should not be realistic when you're talking about Batman. Like the fact that he's he's skating he's skating on the road and then jumps over a car his his bike has like this grappling hook that just magically turns sideways and like yeah that that's batman that's batman technology that's batman shit i'm into that that's one of the reasons why i like ben affleck as batman also because he does that stuff in batman v superman and justice league mm-hmm. um i'm really i really like that and we also get that with keaton so like the fact that that we've all accepted that live action batman doesn't have to be restricted to what a what a real human being can do is really exciting mm-hmm. to me for the future of I- batman that is a good point. I, I do think I do think Michietti's like Batman stuff is pretty solid. 
Um, yeah. um, the Flash stuff, you know, it, it, I think it, I think there's some really good stuff and some really bad stuff. And unfortunately, with a character like the Flash, it's all CG. And honestly, like it, it's I, it kind of like washed over me after a while, and it stopped bothering me until the end again. But like this whole movie's ugly. It kind of <laughs> the whole movie's kind of ugly, and like it's an ugly yeah. And it's an it's an awful suit, absolutely. But like, yeah. this is such an expensive movie that's taken so long to come out. I'm I'm honestly shocked that it looks this bad. And I don't have a yeah, problem with CG, but like the entire movie is ugly. Ben, I will not lie; those CGI babies were horrible to look at. They looked rough. Uh, yeah, I yeah, was yeah, laughing I, my ass off. I was I was like these. I mean, look, I get that they're not real children that they're they're falling to their. You can't actually doom. drop a bunch of children. Yeah, no, exactly. obviously not. But at the same time, it's like. I've seen so much much better CG elsewhere, and like this like, list looks. That part specifically didn't bother me. It's other specific so, moments when, like, why are we doing CG here for no reason? So one of the things that bo- that bothers me about Barry Allen, speed, how they portray speed in this film specifically. Now I haven't seen Zack Snyder's Justice League, but this was not a problem in the Justice League version. Um, one of the things that I uh, that is kind of a pet peeve for me when you do speed is that it, it feels like the ground is moving but the person isn't and that that happens sometimes in the cw stuff but they're kind of they're kind of running so fast it doesn't you kind of miss it mm-hmm. but we see such long strides with barry where the, he's he's stepping on the ground but the ground is moving under his feet so we don't really get any footfalls for him and i that's kind of it's it's really it's not a criticism of the film it's a stylistic choice i'm sure yeah, but yeah. it's a pet peeve of mine that i just don't prefer when you're doing speed when you're doing speed uh in films that's why i kind of posted on twitter that mari and eternals is i think the perfect use of speed in in film at this point because i think that looks awesome and you can actually see her stepping and moving in the background looks like that's that's for me the standard right now yeah Yeah. i agree yeah makari is super dope um zack snyder's justice league it's better than this you (laughs) i as far as i remember he is stepping on stuff and I've seen the, the, the long I've seen the most cheer moment. I've <laughs> seen you know, one most Wait, that cheer that moment, moment at the Oscars. In the movie, that moment's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, but I, like I've seen what I'm talking about. It's like to your point. Like I've seen that, and that looks better than this. Absolutely, yeah. It's yeah. it's it is a weird choice, but like I I I do wish for like the power stuff was a little more consistent. But again, like this is his first origin movie, so, or like not origin, but like his first solo movie. So like, I guess you got to like set a foundation for your own for your own movie, I guess, or whatever. Um, on the note of the CGI, uh, it really becomes a problem for me in certain points. Um, most specifically is I don't mind for the kaleidoscopic effect of what they're going for, which I actually think is really cool yeah. of how the timeline is affected and you see the ripples. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. I don't mind those back rows from second on being CGI and clearly CGI. Yep. Don't care. What I have a problem with is when the front things like Michael Shannon Zod choking out Sasha Cal's Kara. Yeah. Uh, that they're clearly CGI and we're like focused on them. And I'm like, why? <laughs> why are they CGI? They look terrible. There is just absolutely awful. So much unnecessary. And boy, yeah. do I hate when a director comes out and says, well, that was on purpose. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, howdy. Get log off, sir, please. <laughs> no That's thank how it you looks in the speed force and i'm like get out of here there's a moment like i don't remember like, but like yeah like you see either like the mom or the dad like at the end and yeah. the, it's just like they look like rubber yeah like straight rubber and i'm like 
That's a style. And I think so, I think that's kind of a cool. I think it's I think the chronosphere is like a cool idea, as Spark said, like the kaleidoscope aspect. I think it's kind of neat. I like that. I like that Bear, Barry is clearly running forward, but you see their legs going backwards, and that's that. I think looks really. I think that looks really cool. Yeah. yeah. So like, there's there's cool things happening there, but like. It's unfinished. It's clearly unfinished. And the move wasn't, well, we meant for it to look that way. Yeah. I really wish he didn't say that because that makes me like it less. <laughs> Did the babies mean to look that way, Andy? Yeah, Did well, the babies? Again, like, it's just these things that didn't need to be CGI. I don't know why they went for it that way. Oh, and, like, it just looks bad. I remember he, he said specifically, it's because you're viewing it through the eyes of the uh, of the flash through the chronosphere. So it's, it's like warping reality, like no. a fisheye lens. no. No, no, it's not. No, you you specifically lined up a shot where we're following the other Barry as he's like trying to correct the events in the ripples. And that's where you specifically see like that young Barry in the foreground, then jumping around over here. And around that is Michael Shannon Zod choking out Kara. And they are clearly CGI and they grab young Barry who turns into CGI. Like how much more money look terrible. How much more money they must have spent on all of all the last act CGI stuff. Uh, I'll forgive like, I'll forgive like, like, you know, the first two acts of like you're setting like, again, like this is what it looks like, but like, man, that final act, it's so much rubber. It's rough. I, I don't I don't think I, I I get that Michael Shannon did this for a toilet or a bathroom. He was like, I need a new bathroom. I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. But and like I don't care about his performance is, you know what? It's solid. It's there. I think when it's he's, fine. Like it's when it's, he's it's there. Like, you could have told me that was archive footage and I'd believe you. Yeah, yeah. But like it doesn't he doesn't add anything to the movie like at all. It's Christina Hodgson coming on to to write the final version of this script when it's been passed down for a decade. I'm so curious when the Man of Steel stuff came in because it could not have been from the beginning. Right. I, I can yeah. firmly believe six years ago when that was still a technically new movie, you know, like that was like... And I don't I don't believe Christina Hodgson wrote the final draft of this movie, honestly. Especially that last act. I think that last act, they've been working on that last... We've been hearing about them doing reshoots for years. Who's awesome. writing those reshoots? I feel like there's yes. a lot of... Hodgson and the emotionality between like Barry and the parents. Absolutely. And like around Barry and the parents stuff. Yeah. And then honestly, even like the stuff between the two Barrys and interacting with Michael Keaton, I'm like, I don't feel that anymore. I don't feel that writing here anymore. I think there's a lot of of mindlessness. There's definitely, yeah. Once the last act hits, it's just like she, she's, she's off that script. That is studio producer, studios, studio heads all over that final act. And Um, like even, even I'll I'll admit, like I, like I've said, I still like the Michael, the Michael Keaton uh, moments with Barry and especially like the, the was like, why do you want to, why do you want to stay here? Because it's the one where my mom dies. I, where my mom lives. Like, I think that's a good moment. And Michael Keaton, I actually really like Michael Keaton when he's just playing clothes Bruce Wayne more than I like him as Batman. Um, I don't really have an end point to that, so I'll just let Sparks go. I, 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 I'm sorry. Do you, sorry, go ahead. No, if you have something to that. Oh, this is Michael Keaton. Like, I really like, like, I didn't expect, uh, I didn't expect him or Supergirl to die in this movie, but it is, I do actually like that it is a, it is a, like, inevitability of this universe and like I, I do like and we'll talk about the end but like i do like where that road goes how, how it's executed is different but like the way michael keaton finally goes out and it's mm-hmm. like uh uh I, I wanted to save you and it's like you did save me like you brought me out of the cave like you i didn't want to die being an old man i wanted to die being batman and i think like he didn't say that but he says enough in his like in his, in his, in his yeah. eyes right? I, okay i i oh, i'm changing my point that i was gonna say but like i like that idea too but what doesn't work for me about michael keaton's bruce wayne is that like it <sighs> 
I, I don't think there's a I don't think there's enough there. There's not enough meat on the bones for this idea of like I was unwilling to put on the cape and cowl again. Mm. Like the idea of like Gotham is fine now, so I haven't had to be Batman for a while. I have zero problem with that. But the idea of like the earth is under threat and I could use your help because like you're familiar and you know things, not nah, pass. I don't care. I'm like, but why? Where is that coming from? And it just feels like a forced thing to literally go through the motions of getting to the point of Barry being like, I literally know you're listening and waiting for the moment where you're going to decide to jump back in on this. And there's just nothing there. There's nothing. And like, it's weird that the movie doesn't even try to dig into the idea. Is this Tim Burton's Batman? There, Like, regardless of if it is or not. There's nothing that's like played to to like feed on the idea of his history in this world for why he would make the decision to hmm. not immediately help Barry. Sure. It doesn't it's there's nothing there. Like I get the intention of the old superhero who doesn't want to get involved for X, Y, Z reason. Yeah. We are not given X, Y, Z reason. Hmm. I'm not going to disagree with that. I just no, I, I agree with that either. I also will. Real, sorry, Ryan, real quickly. Yeah, no, like I because we're talking about his because we've already brought up his death. Like. That doesn't work for me on an emotional level. I don't. I, I agree with Ryan that it, I think it's a good idea the way the way of like how it's kind of portrayed of like oh you know you got me out of the cave, but the way it's executed is so sloppy that I I found his death to just kind of be nothing to me, and that really sucks because I, I like that felt I feel like I should have felt something there. It is really funny that like the way that the Batman goes out is just like in the middle of a desert. Like, <laughs> it is like it is one of those things where like. Um, Killed by a Kryptonian who didn't even die. So yeah. uh, the other point I was going to make before that um, was I don't I don't have a problem with like the, in my opinion time travel movies like you just kind of accept what it is and you go for forward with it um, and you shouldn't be thinking about it for too long. But the exception is when the time travel movie explains how time travel works in the movie and that becomes a functionality of it. And I think it was a mistake to have the scene where. Keaton's Bruce is explaining to spaghetti. Barry spaghetti through spaghetti. <laughs> this is what you did. This is how you wrecked time. And here's where you created a branch. Because I'm like, you just explained a time travel rule that technically says younger Barry and the Savitar situation should not happen because there is no causal loop that he would be living in. You just said that it, it reverberates and creates this alternate both in both directions timeline, which means that they can't paradox inside of it. So mm. the fact that they like explain it that way, but specifically undo it with the Savitar thing drove me a little nuts where I'm like, you could have just said like, you've created a multiverse uh, alternate like bullshit and just said like, well, now it's different because you change things and like not get too specific because once you got too specific, you explained away the crux of the point of your bad guy. Yeah, I think the 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 failing of a lot of time travel movies is to try and explain the time travel logic of that particular movie. And I always I I'm always of the I'm always of the case like as long as you're tr if you do that and you are true to that by the end of the film, I'm happy. I don't necessarily think the Flash is. Um, I, I think you know Avengers Endgame probably stepped in it when they have, when they tried to explain mm. what their time travel plotline was doing. It someone brought up really well that Looper is probably the best example of this because they don't. They're just like, if we're if we're going to do this, we're going to be here all night. We're going to have a headache. Let's just shut up and just drink our coffee. Right. I, I, I prefer that when you're talking about time travel. Like, you know what? We don't know. Well, no one knows. Tenet well, also especially is, like, is like that. Yeah. Well, and especially Tenet, like us being as versed in this stuff as we are, I'm, I've listened to enough opinions of people who are not 
um, talking about this this stuff and saying like, I'm exhausted with explaining the multiverse. Like, the multiverse to to a layman's audience just means this is why there is a different person playing this character. Yeah, and that's it. And and leave it at that. Yep. Don't get over-explanatory. They don't care, and it just actually makes them actively mad. Um, <laughs> apparently, so like, because people are literally being like, I'm sick of the multiverse already. Uh, because of these kinds of things and i'm like just leave it at things are different because of because you're in a different universe and that's the end yeah and like i think the comic does it really i think the comic flashpoint does it really well i love i like the idea of so in the comic it's explained that the reason why everything has changed is because of of what thawne calls a time boom like a sonic boom but for time where because because barry changed that thing and the way he did it it created a it created a time boom that reverberated throughout time which changed more things and i'm like Honestly, that's all you need in this movie. You changed this thing. It broke the universe. It changed a lot of things. Man, uh, Brandon, and again, Dr. Dr. Andy Muschietti, MD himself, just won't stop talking. Because like, I'm sure you saw that him like, oh, who actually killed Nora Allen? Mm. Uh, oh, my God. Because no. then, Andy, when you start talking about that shit, you totally just destroy the entire movie you just made. The movie you're, you're promoting right now. And it's like, oh, but what if actually it wasn't random? Like, Andy... <laughs> Come on, because you can't just you didn't say even set it up in the movie. You can't just say that Eobard Thawne decided not to kill his mom at all, let alone that day, because the dad didn't go get tomatoes. Like you can't. That doesn't work. They turned it into some random burglar broke in, which yeah. weak ass shit. Um, and <laughs> that's what it became. And yeah, and then that's how it all worked. You can't. You cannot retroactively after you've made the movie where Flashpoint happened and, and it was supposed to be a Barthon killing the mom and not have ha involved it at all and then make another movie later and say but actually it was Ia Barthon. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Those things don't connect. He would have to be involved in this story. And I would period. And I would have been totally even if we never get another Flash movie or we do or not whatever like I would have been happy with like oh they're do they are setting up reverse Flash like oh we see at the end oh we saw like a red lightning streak in the house like well what does it mean? Like that would be fun speculation. But that there's none of that in the movie whatsoever. And his dad gets off. Like it, it is a random guy who kills his mom. But after the movie came out, is it actually I'm like And like I don't even know why we're doing that because like I'm sorry, but the ending of this film disqualified you for sequel. Like does, just one hundred percent does because does there's it? no way that the actor who shows up at the end of this movie is our Batman going forward. I mean, do we know? But do, do we, we know? Do we there really is no know? way he's doing it. I can't. Here's the thing. <laughs> we can just talk about it because, like, we're we're talking about spoilers. Like, they're not doing an older Batman again. They're just gonna, not going to do that. I. But I. Here's the. It thing. would be weird. Like, you had all this Michael Keaton stuff set up, and you said no, different old Batman. Well, here's the thing. So we know this now, and like, this has been like that was going to be Michael Keaton. There, there was an ending with Michael Keaton, and then this, this was reshot relatively recently. The George Clooney thing. The, I think this is just for fun. I really, yes. I don't think this is as much as I would love for it to be like a flash setup, you know, like, oh, George, I think this is just a fun multiverse. Like I, it's, it's Batman and Robin guy. What? I think it's just, just for goops. But so here's, so here, so here's, as because Ryan said, so at the, so, so there are three different endings to this film that, that they've, that they've been filming, that they filmed three that we know of, but sure that honestly, I think there actually might be more. Um, George Clooney shows up at the end of this movie, which is an unhinged decision on everyone's I part. I, I, I giggled that, so good. That and was actually the biggest laugh of my entire theater when I saw it earlier today. My entire theater was confused. My partner was confused. She never saw Batman and Robin. <laughs> that's my, it. that's on me, but still. I love it. The first ending had Keaton, the first ending that we know about has Keaton and Kit and, Ka and Kale 
at the courthouse. So it's both of them at the courthouse. The second ending had Supergirl, Superman, Cavill, Superman, Wonder Woman, Goodell's Wonder Woman, and Keaton's Batman at the courthouse. And then the third one, which is this one, had George Clooney at the courthouse. Mm. And frankly, I don't care how stupid it is. You picked the wrong one. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, we've said it on every DC thing. Like, obviously, Henry Cavill should be here, Superman and stuff. Like, I, I thought this was hilarious. And it I'm, is, I, I'm with you. I'm, like, yeah. it, it is objectively very funny. But the thing is, like, if you're doing that, if you're going to, because they've been wishy-washy. Look, they've been wishy-washy. We all know Ezra Miller's not coming back as Barry Allen. We're not seeing a sequel to this movie. They're just not going to do it in whatever, whatever future of the DC film. With this box off but Ezra now. Miller's the only person who could possibly play Barry Allen, according to the director. Good thing Wally West is going up soon. Good thing Grant Gustin didn't do it for ten years. And so, like, you have this. So you, so, so you, but so because of that, if you're gonna, if you're gonna pretend that this movie could possibly, the ending of this movie could set up the next universe. You, George Clooney's not Batman in that universe. Like, it's just not going to happen. And. Honestly, because you didn't choose the Keaton and, K- and Kale, just that, just the first ending of just Keaton and Kale, this ending is one thousand percent more depressing than it has to be because oh, yeah. this Supergirl's destiny is just to die, yep, and yeah. never come back. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, so that is that's that is awful. Um, and, and, I, and I think you know, and it sucks because it, it sucks because this is the part that I'm actively mad about the movie. Notice my tone <laughs> is that Supergirl is criminally under underutilized in this film. Yeah, criminally so. I agree. I I 100 agree with that. She is one of my favorite parts of it. I I don't know how many other characters I need to be more involved in my Flash movie. I I probably honestly I probably would have preferred more of her than Michael Keaton, despite me really liking Michael Keaton. I think she just has a really strong presence and energy, but like I don't know if I needed more of her in the fight. I think we needed more of her because we've never had her before. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. And like honest, honestly, like I think a big problem with this movie, what it's trying to do with multiverse stuff, is that I think people have been making a lot of really strong comparisons between this and No Way Home of like why did No Way Home work where this didn't? Yeah, and the reason is because when we're bringing these properties together, we're bringing together history. We're bringing together like a connection to these characters. And this is why I think it's a problem Mm -hmm. that Keaton's Batman makes no direct references to the Tim Burton films uh, that, that, that it doesn't, I don't need like fan servicey things, but to know that that history is what's being carried over. My connection to that character is part of what's inherent to this. And I think it's a problem that like you're going for this movie. We've talked about it before, but it is a problem that there wasn't a flash movie before this. I think there simply needed to be a film that was about Miller being the flash. That wasn't a multiversal adventure for this movie to work. I think that this movie fundamentally is kind of cut off at the knee from the start because it's doing a multiversal adventure as Flash's first outing. And I think that's a mistake. 100%. I think that's yeah, just I, a mistake. Yeah. I think we talked about this when they were, when the Flash was first announced, that even doing Flashpoint for the first Flash movie was the biggest mistake they can do. Now, I mean, years mm-hmm. later with all the crap that DC, like the DCEU has been under the constant saying, oh, this film's coming out, and then it, we never hear about it, i.e. Green Lantern Corps. Now and now with all like the changes of leadership, now that James Gunn is is leading DC, it's it's weird because it is a very I am I feel like now this movie has put me in my own little paradox because at first when this first came out, I'm like, no, don't do Flashpoint. And now that we're at the end of the road and James Gunn is about to take the wheel, it's like, yeah, erase the universe, do something different. And that's the but, thing of like if you if you want it on that point, Ben, like if you wanted to make this like, OK, yeah, we're going to th- lock this universe off. It's gone forever. It's goodbye. We're starting a new. Then the then the Keaton and 
and Kale ending works really well because it gives mm-hmm. it gives them it gives this movie an uplifting ending. Oh yeah. Whereas the current one is just not and weird. Yeah. Well, and also what I'll say to that is that I think another problem with this film is that you can feel through its different stages of development that it never committed to like what it was wanting to do with the movie. Yes. And like either be a story just about Ezra Miller's Flash or be a story about transitioning into the new regime under Gunn and Saffron or be a movie saying goodbye to the DCEU but yeah. be one of those things. Yeah. And it didn't commit to any of them. And I think that's the that's also part of the big problem because 100%. like I think there is a very much better version of this movie that doesn't use Keaton, sorry, but and and doesn't and maybe uses Cal, but features Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot and Ben Affleck and Jason Momoa and says, "See ya." See, here's the thing, you like that's the original, like, you could do that with the original Flashpoint. You tell this exact same story that you're doing with Barry and the mom, and you have, like, the Wonder Woman and Aquaman uh, World War Three happening, and you have Ben Affleck, maybe he's just, the, he's like, oh, I'm like, I'm the Thomas Wayne version, but it's just Ben Affleck, so you don't have to recast him, and so we can still have Juicy Juicy. Shit, I mean, even do mm-hmm. the Jeffrey Dean Morgan thing. Absolutely, that wanted. sure. Honestly, like, if you want to do the Flashpoint stuff, but make the point of it about the fact that we know we're saying goodbye to most of these characters or most of this universe. I told Ryan, like I would have shit my pants when Zod came out on the ship to talk to Supergirl. And she said, what happened to the baby? If moments after that Cavill had stepped up behind him in the same kind of suit, because he'd been converted to believe the same way as Zod, I would have lost my damn mind. If that had happened, that's cool. shit. And you had to get Momoa and uh, Gadot and Batman all to like help fight Superman and Zod with Supergirl. Holy shit. What a way to close out this DCEU. I got, Oh, um, the, the opening scene with Batman and, and Flash and then Wonder Woman shows up, that's like the closest we got to ever just a Justice League hanging out moment. That's a really good beat. I really like that. Like, again, Gal Gadot's fine, but like, it's just cool that like the Justice League, sometimes they, they do stuff together and they, it's like, cool. I like that too. I'm really into that. Like, you know, hey, w- w- what about Superman? Oh, he's busy. Oh, what about Wonder Woman? Oh, I can't get a hold of her. So we got you. I like I, I like that. And I'm glad I like Ben Affleck's voice to talk about that. I don't like Wonder Woman's cameo for some reason. Something about the way it's filmed doesn't work for me, and I can't quite pinpoint what that is. Hmm. Um, I, and I, I think it's, I think, I, frankly, I think it's, I think it's because it's filmed too similarly to Shazam's Shazam Fury of the Gods cameo. Of they probably did them back to back on the same day. And <laughs> I don't, and I don't like that one either. So like I something about the way it's filmed just doesn't work for me, and I don't know. What I think it it's is. I I think it does boil down to her just not being present enough in the film. It does like it feels like she would linger a little longer um, in the story. But I do like the comedy around it. I do like seeing her. And to Ryan's point, it is the kind of thing that makes me like kind of wish this was the movie. Kind of yeah. wish this was a movie about Flash, kind of hanging out interspersedly with the different superheroes and just spending time in that and and this DCU world rather than doing the big multiversal story where frankly with the way that it all turns out it feels like they're just slapping out IP yes uh to mm-hmm. get us to go like yay and like we recognize get the rather than like yeah. having any meaning behind it again like not choosing to commit to transitioning and making it clear that we are moving certain characters into this new world and here's how it's happening because they haven't made those decisions so yeah. they just didn't or committing to saying a farewell to the age that this has been leaves it in this nebulous place where like uh, so much of it lacks meaning yes even I, as it's happening 100 as much as i do like the nonsense george clooney ending 
when when the movie like when the movie like you know like the final act ends and like we're brought back to like oh i'm just back in my new universe i'm back in my old universe again like and it's like so nonchalant like remember the other flashpoint and I, I don't, I didn't need them to do this exact thing, but like the Thomas Wayne moment where it's like a beautiful, like this is the new universe, but it's the old characters and blah, blah, blah. It's like a dice. Like there was none of that. It was like, there was no setting up or anything. Again, it was like, we shot this yesterday. We're not really thinking about what the actual ending of the movie is. It's just funny. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that is a bummer as much as I like it. Like, I don't know the future of anything. Uh, I hate the tooth bit. I hate oh, the tooth bit coming uh, back around and I hate it when it happens the first time. Uh, you correctly pointed out that it's like, ah, oh, it's that vomit joke from it. It's literally again. the same joke where something flies into someone's mouth and, and, a, and a song plays. The exact same thing. Oh, I saw that in Evil Dead. No, it was an eye. It was better. Yeah. Um yeah. the uh the Ryan mentioned humor. I do actually think a lot of this movie is very funny. Um the uh the moment that really killed me though was when he brings iris up to the up to the apartment he doesn't have any beers so he phases through the door and he comes and he comes back and he just as she's oh, talking yeah. just opens the beer and explodes all over him yes. <laughs> yes. killed me yeah. i thought that was so funny or even like when she comes in and he like taps the wall and the thing just comes up and all the trash comes out he's like you want a drink <laughs> yeah yeah i oh, thought that was funny uh really interesting not at all mentioned uh not really um interpretation of how to get the yellow lightning it only happens when he's in the suit oh he's like channeling so his suit creates the yellow lightning we still have the blue lightning that they established in the snyder one we were kind of wondering what the transition was going to be there and like midway through the film i caught on like oh if he's not in the suit it's blue and if he's in the suit it's yellow yeah 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 it's cool yeah i I clocked that too i thought that was interesting uh there i do think that there's good comedy bits i for as much as like young barry sometimes get a little gets a little too For me, um, I do really like the bit where he's like, I got powers. I'll do whatever I want. Run through the street, light fire, steal pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Steal pizza from um, Jamie Lannister. uh, Yeah, Ben, did you catch that? (laughs) That Jamie Lannister was in a movie for I did not catch it. That was Jamie Lannister. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was just thought it was just poor, some poor random schmuck who was about to eat a pizza. He's like, "Where'd my pizza go?" And like, he's and like the naked. He's also he, he's the guy who he, Ezra Miller steals his hot dog in the future afterwards. Yeah, yeah. and like the naked uh, berry jokes, I think are funny with like the come, having to come back and then phasing through the floor, having to come back again. Naked. Oh, the I'm phasing like, stuff. Look, I love. that's funny. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It just also feels like, what is this movie about? Yeah, again, I, yeah. like like we're here for a while, and mm-hmm. I feel like there's actual like stuff we're supposed can, to be going we, through. We would be talking about who the villain of the movie is. It's not really Zod. It's Reverse Savitar. <laughs> well, like it's officially, it's officially it's because I, I saw this toy months ago. Yeah, uh, it's oh, yeah, Dark yeah. Flash. It's Dark Flash. Yeah, it's it, it's it's Reverse Zoom, Reverse Flash, Savitar. It's all of them just put together. I wish. Yeah. Which is a cool idea. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, it's a cool I idea. Love, I just don't think it's executed. I love online. the idea. I'm all about like, oh, like you become your worst enemy. Like I'm all about that. But yeah, like I think there's not, a, there's no time set up to it. We see Dark Flash for five seconds at the beginning of the movie. He doesn't show up again until like the very end. I'm like, I needed more. Barry doesn't even. More. Barry doesn't even act like he saw that dude. He's like, <laughs> like for a while he doesn't bring it's it up true. or think about it or anything. Yeah, like I honestly, definitely didn't see a dark monster. In the honestly, part. when I saw him running through, I'm like. That's not Black Racer. He doesn't have skis. Sure, I also for a second, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was, I think it's a, I think it's an interesting idea, but like you guys, I, I, it's undercooked. It's not, it's not utilized to its full potential because I, I do conceptually like the idea. It just doesn't work within the context of the film. 
Okay. Um, um, real quick, I'm gonna bring up a negative, but I'm also gonna bring up a big positive. So, um, there the bit where young Barry moves to old Barry without his powers, and then he throws up. He's like, "What did you do?" I'm like, "Did we establish somewhere that he wasn't supposed to touch him?" Because he's acting like that's a line that happened earlier in the film yeah. where young Barry's like, "Yeah, but I only moved you just a little," and I'm like, "I don't remember this coming up at all." Yeah. Uh, of like some some discussion point of this being a concern because like. It, I'm sure that oh, existed no, and they got rid of it. it. No, in in it's in BVS or Justice League. There's there's a scene where he talks about he has to hold their head or else you'll vomit or something or don't touch me or something. It's from another, uh, it's, but but it is a one line thing from another movie that I can't even sure, remember. Sure. So yeah. So but like, I don't think that's the, I don't think that's this. That's Whiplash. He's protecting Whiplash oh, in that okay. in that but sequence. Made, but they made like a whole bit out of it to the point where like it made him vomit grotesquely, which I didn't need. Sure. No. Um, uh, it, but like the fact that it even came up, like the way that he's reacting, he's like, what did you do? And he's like, oh, I moved you, but I only moved you a little bit. And I'm like, was it discussed earlier to not do that? Or I something? think he just, Andy Michetti wanted some more vomit in this movie. Um, that being said, outside of that, the entire Go Reska, Rescue Kara scene is probably one of my favorite stretches of the film. Oh yeah. I think that entire sequence is very well done. Absolutely. I like, I like what the berries are doing. I love what Keaton's Batman is doing. I love the decision to save Kara, the way they do it. I love the um, effects on seeing her all grayed out when she gets in the sun. Oh, and her hand like restored. literally grows in size. Mm -hmm. Even, even though there is clunky CGI here, I still like this action sequence beat. Yeah. Um, uh, I I really enjoy it. I think that's the most strong oh, yeah. point of the movie. So you definitely. I, oh, sorry, Ben. Go ahead. No, I was gonna, I was gonna say with Kara and when they bust her out of the the black site, you definitely get that scene from, or you get the vibes of that scene from uh, Flashpoint, the comic book, where you see a thin, decrepit Kal-el. Mm. But of course, this time it's Supergirl. You see, of course, the Supergirl's costume, and the second she gets in the sun, I do love how they how they do like the that the suit that the kryptonians get their powers from sunlight put them in the sun they grow and the, or they get they feel a whole lot better um i do like that scene i also i do like how decrepit car car looked while she was in there and bathed in red sunlight by the looks of it mm -hmm. so sparks mentioned the vomiting and i want to I, I do want to mention one thing about that and only that and the, don't we don't need to linger on it and so in so in the comics the speed for when barry picks people up the speed force protects the person he's interacting with so something like that doesn't happen mm -hmm. and i don't i don't appreciate that they took that out of the movie honestly because i think that's just there for because as ryan said andy muschietti wanted a, another throw up sequence and yeah i certainly didn't i that goes back to like my big concern about Muschietti doing anything that isn't horror, frankly, but doing anything in the DC future is tonal imbalance has been a consistent problem with his projects posted chapter one. Mm -hmm. Like it's just like there can be funny bits, but then like some other things will just really not work. The turn from funny to dramatic can be so jarring. Mm -hmm. um, I told Ryan a specific example when we were walking out of the movie was that like, I, I, I couldn't get it out of my head of like, the moment when Kara finds out that Zod killed baby Kal-El and she's screaming no and it's this big dramatic moment and then Batman's jet comes swooping in and it goes dun 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 dun, dun. <laughs> and I'm like wow all right really undercut the what I'm supposed to be feeling in that moment yeah, about no the death of Kal-El like we're just dun, 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 dun. yeah that is such a moment of like yeah and like and like we like the infant did not survive yeah. dun, 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 dun. 
I, I, uh, so that reminds me of a point that I, that I look, I'm used to blockbuster music, not being good. It, and, I, and I'm glad that they use the Batman 89 theme as, as often as they do, but oh, the soundtrack sucks. And I agree. This doesn't, this doesn't, the soundtrack sucks. Yes. Okay. So I think it's a, it's always a problem. I think when these superhero films don't give their heroes themes, I think that's a bummer. I think it's a trend that's really sucked, but it particularly sucks when you are so heavily lose using a well-known strong theme for Batman and the flash has none. Yeah. And honestly, honestly, there's a good one out there. Like uh, it's in the justice league film. Like it's in Zack Snyder's justice league. It's also in Elfman's score for justice league. Like both have good ideas of a flash theme that could have been utilized for this. Yeah. Film. And wonder woman's theme plays when we see wonder woman and she's got a really iconic theme at this point. One yeah, that I really almost, like. That's almost a meme with Warner brothers. I swear. Cause like it's every time she shows up, they do the. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty sick. And I'm like, all right, I guess. <laughs> sure. Uh, man, when she shows up in Shazam, just. Uh, wild. Oh yeah. Anyway, it's I didn't know. It's I, even didn't know better when, I didn't know you'd watch that one yet. I ha- I watched it when it dropped on HBO Max. Gotcha. It's even better when it's Jimon Hansu. I love that. <laughs> that's pretty that funny. Makes it worth it for that. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, the there's there's um not to berate on the CGI too much, but I do want to mention that when when in the scenes when we see Barry and Barry and they're in their suits. One of them has a CGI mouth that looks like it's rear projected on a Disney on a Disneyland attraction, and that was very distracting. I don't understand because I said it to you like the social network, the Facebook movie came out a decade ago, and that is the Winklevoss twins. And that is a that is a you know, that's a big budget like drama, but that is a not a superhero movie. Ten years later, why are there just some scenes when when there's two berries and one of them has like the worst CGI face of all time in the background? Like, well, why? Why is there so much? CGI in this movie that does not need to be there. Like I know Where's it's super the money. Where the, the the movie clearly had time because it's been in production for decades. Where did the money go? Embezzlement. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say on that note, like I I understand the logic and idea of Young Barry needing a to use a Batman suit to make a retro fitted like Flash costume out of it. Yeah. Um, I get it when they constructed that they did not think about how goofy Ezra Miller's face looks inside that suit sometimes. And like inside that cowl, because there's a bit where they're playing something very dramatic or, or scared or because like something's happening to Kara, I think. And like, I got so distracted about how, yeah. goofy, how they didn't look right in the cowl and they look goofy as hell. See, I think, I think the intent was for him to look goofy, but that just undercuts any time there's supposed to be drama. Right. Like, I think that's on purpose, but like, yeah, anytime there's supposed to be drama, he looks like a goofball. Right. Yeah, I was going to say something about that suit, because he... Thick. Mm, thick. Yeah. thick suit. It is a thick suit. Oh, uh, I don't... This is something that the Flash TV show started doing a lot in later seasons, when I didn't watch personally. I'm not crazy about Flash lightning powers, um it's just it's not for me uh but because like i think what's really i think something that's really cool is that flash makes a tornado and then like punches down on the ground and the tornado moves that's like flash that i was like yeah that's a that's a move from the comics i'm into that and then everything else is like lightning is like palpatine lightning i'm like "Uh, can we like be a little bit more imaginative here in in defense of the show barry allen almost always still does the wind up 
throw <laughs> lightning bolt. That's a dope. Oh, there was we not. It was. That. It was not a slight on the show. It was just as an example because I know the show does use lightning abilities. Like you know, it, I'm sure it didn't happen a lot, but it's the uh, you know the meme of the, like the lightsabers things like that. I get that it happens in other mediums. As as a per, just as a personal preference, I prefer you to do something more, like um, you know, like the first episode of the, of the Flash TV series when Weather Wizard when he like suffocates Weather Wizard. Like, I wanted some more like you know, hey, what can we do with the speed? That's not that's not just lightning. I wanted some more imagination in the powers, you know. Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah, yeah, I get that. All right. Um, we need to talk about the elephant in the room. All the the wor- the worst part of the movie. Where let's honestly, do it. If, right. if this part wasn't in the movie, I'd probably be a little more positive, but, like, it's truly heinous. Considering, Ben, who is that Golden Age Flash that we see on the screen? Do you know who I have is? no, I have no idea. As That's why nobody else does either. Unless I, mean, I know movie. I know it's supposed to be Jay Garrick, but I don't know who the actor okay. is. Real quickly, real quickly, Sparks, you said something, what'd you say? Uh, not relevant. Okay. Right it's fine. So, that Jay Garrick, no one knows who it is. It does look like Teddy Sears. Um, he, it's, I got it's a quote not from him. Teddy Sears himself. I have the, I have the yeah. same quote. It's yeah. not him. Yeah. He's, Which wouldn't he's make sense anyway, because he was never Jay Garrick. And I've heard reports saying that it's, uh, it's a de-aged John Wesley ship. It's not. Um, no one knows who this actor is. Here's the thing that's confusing to me more than really anything, more than who that character is. Why does George Reeve have a flash that looks like he's doing the same thing as Barry Allen at the moment? I was I was actually really curious about that. I was like, part of me, when I first saw that, I was like, oh, hey, we actually, it was like, cool, but... It's like okay. archive photo of George Reeves. We're going to we're doing a, um, a multiverse thing. But then I was like, but so there's Jay Garrick. But what's Jay doing? It's he's doing the same thing. But why Ar- he never Ar- did this? Archive Ar- footage of George Reeves would be wonderful. Um, oh, that wasn't. No, no, none of, no. This is all CG. It's AI, all my friend. Oh yeah. All, um, yeah. Uh, I think I think it purely comes down to some of the people making this movie are don't care and are stupid and they thought golden age superman golden age flash what does he look like bingo my guy so i want to talk so because we're talking about the cameos i need to get something off my chest which is in a better movie seeing helen slater and christopher reeve together on screen was actually would actually be kind of cool because i because i let because they never did they never they never shared the screen together in in those first two movies yeah um and so that's conceptually is kind of cool yeah conceptually nick cage as superman fighting a spider kind of cool honestly i still kind of like that that just that like circle that i think that's kind of cool in a better movie i think though i think these are cool i think these are just kind of cool but it's not a better movie and the cgi doesn't look good it doesn't sell it at all yeah so um, honestly here's my here's my bigger problem um i don't understand why we have to bring actors back from the dead with cgi for them to just look somewhere (laughs) they serve no purpose in the film which means they didn't need to be there yeah so i don't understand why we're even yes okay yeah so i'm with you brandon i think i think uh conceptually the idea of the multiverse all of the different multiverse characters we know looking at barry allen as he is the one saving the universe i think that's an awesome idea like our, but the thing is, we don't see the destruction of every other universe happening. We just see Christopher Lee land on the planet and go, "That's Barry Allen, all right." 
If we saw that we that the multiverse was being destroyed and Barry saving it, and like this is the final moments of our lives, unless you save us, Barry, like that makes sense. That is like actually captivating. We're like, okay, it's up to not our Barry, and it's up to this Barry Allen. But there's none of that. There's no context. They just show up. It's the it more <laughs> it's the more shallow and direct version of what they're doing with Keaton's Batman, which is just you know thing. Yeah, here thing, look mm -hmm. at thing. See, it's, it's, it's the Nicholas Cage that really gets me because, like, who is looking at that going, I know that guy? Nobody is. And the, but the, the, the Cage thing, as much as I myself, as someone who knows what that's referencing, thinks that's kind of cool, like, no one else does. No, who's right. that for? Right. It's, it's this, for us, literally. So, just us. so the, this is, this is a great question. And I think it's an important, like, we got a whole lot to talk about around these. That's, it's about the cameos that are here. It's about the cameos that aren't here, too. Yeah. And, um, Machete is out there saying like, you know, Grant Gustin was originally going to be in it, but there just wasn't room There's for no him. Room. And I'm like, boy, he could have been, he could have been the Jay Garrick in the Golden Age one for, you know, just, it, it wouldn't have mattered. Like just to see him would have been cool, but like there's, there's, there is no excuse. Grant Gustin should have been, if you're going to do cameos, Grant Gustin should have been in this movie. It doesn't make sense to not have him in even a brief moment of like being a Barry in another universe and seeing. Ezra things. Miller was in the show of every character. There should, the Flash should be in the Flash movie. That's it. Uh, yeah. but here's, the, here's my other point is that like, they'll, they'll argue that like these cameos are for the fans or to make the fans happy and that kind of thing. And I'm like, the fans watched crisis on infinite earths. Honestly, the fans of the flash didn't wait around just for this movie. They were watching the show. That's true. Even if they didn't watch the whole show, they were watching the show and they watched crisis on infinite earths and they watched a bunch of cameo crossovers there. And if they didn't watch it when it aired, they watched it on YouTube. Like this this is not something where like fans of these characters for, have ignored the television aspect. And it's very, very stupid this for is, the movies yeah. to act like the TV shows don't exist. Yeah. And so um, this is something where like, man, I kind of wish Walter Hamada were still around for this because I don't think this would have happened under Hamada's watch. I think Hamada would have pushed the TV properties into mm -hmm. this yeah, and because that was part of the vision. Now, one of the things also with like all those cameos, as much as I love Superman, why were all the world's superman exactly no, that's yeah. a great question it, see it, it serves no. no point to the story yeah like linda carter wonder woman brandon Routh superman so interestingly well christopher reese superman does exist right he's brandon routh um so like so like linda carter was considered and then and we do see Adam West, and that's just that's that's CGI and using archive footage. We don't actually go into his world. We see him swirling around, which is the one cameo I really like. I wish yeah. more of them had been like that, where we don't really go there. We hear audio yeah, from yeah, yeah. old stuff. Absolutely, you could have done the same thing with Christopher Reeve, and I would have been mm -hmm. way happier with it. Yeah, it was like in the peripheral, and I'm like, that's Christopher Reeve. I know that voice. I hear the music. Cool. That's his world. Pass on. Show me something else. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I don't think we needed to. I don't think. Not anything in the movie justifies going into those worlds. And Ben's like, why are they all Superman? And it goes back to like, why? I like the Nicolas Cage thing because I like what it references, but it's so weird because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It really doesn't. And literally, again, like, that, uh, literally, like Brandon, I watched a documentary and I'm sitting there watching this. Like other people, I could like hear murmurs of people's like, why is this Nick Cage? And I'm sitting yeah, there. Yeah, he's going, fighting a giant spider. And I'm like, yeah, that's funny because yeah. that dude finally got his giant spider. Yeah, he got his yeah. giant effing spider. And I'm just sitting there going, this is like one of the deepest cuts that a percent of a percent of a percent of people are going to realize. Yeah. 
Honestly, that Nicolas Cage should have just been Michael Keaton Superman. That was the original intention with Superman Lives anyway. Yes. And again, why is Nick Cage? Why is it CG? You, you know Nick Cage would have done it. You know he, he did was. do it. That is him. He did film that cameo. They de-aged him. It's just bad. It is. It just looks awful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Helen Slater. Helen Slater also filmed. Her. No way. Dude. And they yeah. de-aged her. Look, I, 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 I believe you, but I don't. Believe you. It's. It looks <laughs> like trash. I. Agree. I can't believe that. Again, I've seen better. Like, you were so. You were so right. Like, what is the point? Like, again, like my idea of like they're watching the universe like be saved. I think that's the intent. But they just spheres show up, and it's just Christopher Reeves is there. And we see, right. and like the idea, the the spheres showing up is also really weird because it's like, oh, this act is destroying the multiverse. But it's, but it's not Barry's fault because they've already established that younger Barry is just a fundamentally different character. So it's actually, it's actually not Barry Allen that's destroying the universe. It's Dark Flash. It's the, and, yeah. And mm -hmm. so, and we do see like what Christopher Reeve and Helen Slater are looking at is Nicolas Cage's Superman universe cl colliding into each other. And like, I don't, I, I don't get that because it's like, we don't, we just fundamentally don't need this happening. It doesn't need to be this large scale for, for some reason it just feels so hollow because it's just, Oh, multiverse. So let's just throw these guys in, but the story doesn't actually need them like no. at all. No. Not at all. Not not. We it just, could have just been Barry running on that on that on that treadmill, just like I gotta save the world. We um, just had. Ahead, sorry, yeah, sorry, I I just had the thought. I just had a thought. We just had a very large multiversal film that referenced so many other things, but it referenced them the right way, and it did it tastefully, and it also impacted the story. Spider Man. Exactly. Ben, they we like, took. There are better multiverse movies. This oh, is there are so many. There are there, there are many better multiverse movies. Oh, yeah. But yes, across, yeah. the, across the Spider Verse did just come out. Yeah, but I'm saying that because we were talking about how, like, I actually agreed the best the the using the archive footage of Adam West did like oh yeah Adam like we remember Adam West, but it wasn't like doing the big CGI thing, and I'm just and also like looking trying not to compare this to Spider Verse. But using not only all the different Peter Parkers seeing their uncles die, you have Andrew Garfield, Toby Maguire, you have the animated films, you have all this other different stuff. And I'm just sitting there going, DC is just doing – they have their heads so far up their ass. They get like, we know how By to do it. Like, you obviously don't. Well, this this is the thing is like you don't have to go very far. Like I've watched the clip. I'm not a big fan of the show, but I've watched the clip from Titans when it end, was ending and Beast Boy going through the multiverse. That was done more thoughtfully than yeah, this one. That's actually referencing um, Animal Man and Grant Morrison and, shows up. And Crisis on Infinite Earths, like we've talked about before, mm -hmm. really did this well mm -hmm. where they blended with the television and the films um, in a way of like you know deeply acknowledging that all these things are connected and exist and they're all at risk uh and then you get here and this feels completely like the most plain level hollow like what's gonna make people like cheer it's and like yeah. but but it's so misguided and it's it's not for the current fans of these properties it's yes. not thinking about like fans of the flash at all because like even if you're not gonna have grant gus and john wesley ship should have been there like both of them should have been there, frankly. Like, it, it doesn't make sense to try and pretend like the portrayals of these characters before. Like, I don't know why you have this reverence for George Reeves and Linda Carter playing these characters on television, but don't have it for the characters who played the the actors who played the Flash. Also, again, he was in the show. 
Yes. The art, this movie's flash showed up on that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it, it's it's so it's so backwards in its thinking. And I just don't understand how that's the point where you end up and completely ignore these things to this degree and then do this grotesque AI recreation of dead people. Like I, I can't get past it specifically for George Reeves. It makes me really uncomfortable yeah. knowing that he committed suicide, feeling like he, Superman had kind of ruined his life to an extent yeah. and that they're putting him in this movie as Superman again oh. on the anniversary of his death. Came out the day he died. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not, I mean, that wasn't intentional, but no. maybe not, but it's pretty damn tone deaf. Again, and yeah. it's just like, I don't, there's a difference between like honoring and resurrecting for clout or yeah. money. And like, mm -hmm. it's on the bad side. Oh, I told you this. You know what I thought after I heard all these CGI people are in the movie? Cause I, I did get spoiled for some of them. I thought that they were all showing up in the final battle with Zod and Adam West, Batman and Nicholas Cage, Superman were flying and fighting people. And I thought that's what the ending was. And that was going to be considerably worse. So like the fact that it is like, quote unquote, a little more tame doesn't make me feel any better, but this is, there's a considerably worse version of this movie out the, there. The thing that's so baffling to me is that like, if you want to do cameos, certainly the people who are alive was, would be better served because as Sparks has been talking about very succinctly, like, you know, this is a flash movie. You should celebrate the flash's legacy. And part of that legacy is John Wesley Shipp and Grant Gustin, Grant Gustin, who was, whose show premiered the day after Ezra Miller was cast as the flash. Like this is, wow. and did it throughout the entire production of this show, of this movie. Yeah. Like that, that instead of Christopher Reeve and Helen Slater and George Reeve, like we should be seeing their universes. It is their universes that matter. Those yeah. are the universes that Flash fans would be invested in. And here's the big bubber. And already, also they're alive. Yeah, uh, crucial, crucial ingredient. They're alive. Absolutely. The the, the sad and. The, the sad thing and like the real thing about this is like those TV people aren't famous to casual people. You, you, our parents know who Christopher Reeve is, right? Like even if they don't watch Superman, like people know through association Superman, Christopher Reeve, right? Like he is the most famous Superman. And like, listen, we are all nerds. Of course we want like the people who all the Superman, but like to the Casey casuals, like that flash show might not, might not even exist. You know what I mean? Like, so like getting a nobody flash for your golden age flash to them, it's like, Oh look, that's an actor. Probably. Here's my two counterpoints um, to that, which is that, that that is a admittedly older generation, and I do think the newer generation is at least passively aware of the newer actors playing the roles. Mm -hmm. And if this is for the fans, as the Nicolas Cage cameo, who are forty year old suggests, men, forty year old men, sure, certainly suggests. But like, it's the people who are invested in that culture and like are aware of these things. Mm -hmm. Then still catering down, like I get you, like the, the the smaller known names, that kind of thing. But like, there's no reason that. Christopher Reeve stuff couldn't have been handled the same way the Adam West was. And when we actually are focusing on characters that can be these flash characters. No, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. I'm saying, I don't think the studios feel as good as he is. Like, I, like, I just don't think Andy Muschietti is like, nah, it's a TV flash. That's it's, this is the movie. I think that's the problem. I think, that's that, that, I think yeah. that's the problem. I think Andy Muschietti had too much hand on the wheel on the cameo stuff. He's been pretty open about having full reign of it. <laughs> yeah. And I think he clearly had too much of it because you needed someone who's more aware of what's going on in all of the DC properties to have taken a stronger take on that, like Walter Hamada would have. Yeah. Yeah. Frankly. Or Jim Lee, yeah. um, who was pushing for like all the universes to be ad uh, addressed as connected. Yeah. yeah like yeah. that's true. Th there's just no reason for this 
callousness. Sure. Yeah. My next my next thing I'm going to say is purely a statement and not a criticism of the film or a positive mm-hmm. film. It is just it Ezra Miller is now the third Justice League member to just be in Man of Steel that we didn't see prior. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah that, that was definitely. I'm like, we, we want to do a Spider Man moment when he we had a fake suit. Because it's I'll Ben be Affleck. Because Ben Affleck is in Batman v Superman, and now we know that he that he, they were there. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll be honest with you. That scene really works for me. Yeah. Um, and it's because pretty much the entire idea of Ezra feeling like they need to stop Ezra's flash feeling like they need to stop Zod and rally the, the stuff to get together. Stems from that. It makes far more sense when it's like this traumatic part of, of their flash's origin mm-hmm. that they're afraid of. Could you imagine you become the flash and then the next day your world gets invaded? <laughs> yeah. Crazy. It's so weird to set this to set this film in a in a in a desert also. I know why, because they're yeah. boring. But yes. like <laughs> I like it's so weird because like you could have because Zod, if this is it's just weird because that's not how Man of Steel goes. I don't love Man of Steel. I don't even like is Man it, of Steel. But like that's not how it goes. Isn't the implication that it's supposed to be like the same location where Superman surrendered himself? Yeah, I guess so. But like Zod never showed up there. No, he didn't. So I think they've like picked that location but altered the events of how it worked. It's just weird. The movie's where was weird. Martian Manhunter, huh? What? Where was Martian Manhunter? He was hanging where? around, wasn't he? Lennox? Right? Yeah, wasn't he? Harry yeah, Lennox? Lennox? Yeah. He Wait, what's up. the what's the actor's name? Harry Lennox, right? Oh no, that's oh I don't know anymore. Is that his character? Because he's got it's he's got a, he's got a character name and an actor name that sounds very similar. I think we're mixing the ne- the actor name and the character name together. <laughs> oh whatever, he's good. I like him. Yeah. Um. Uh. Let's see. I don't know. I don't know. Think. Oh, I want to go back to Sasha Kale real quick. Sure. Um. Because I really like her and I really like her scenes and I think she handles the the role she's given very well. I love her. I love her outfit. I. It's it's just when she was coming in so late in the film, I kind of figured this was going to be the case, and that in her, the fact that she is constantly destined to die just doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't, and I, it, that it just it just as a concept as a story beat, it just doesn't work for me. It doesn't sit well with me, and the fact that it's never resolved, it, it's just like, yep, guess that character is destined to just be dead all the time. No, it just, really sucks really sucks and i really like her and i hope that i hope i mean i know she's talked about whether or not she can come back as supergirl i hope that she does because i want her to have another chance because this is not a good showing for her and this character and it sucks because she's one of the things i was mostly interested in i'd rather her not be in the movie at all than what we've gotten here yeah because like mm... Cause yeah, cause they do kill her, and it does seem a little more finite. Like, here's a taste. It's all you're getting. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I will. I will say, like, a large majority of it is that they feel like they are plot tools, both Keaton and Kale, more than they are characters through most of the script, yeah. and that's a bummer. Yeah. Because, um, I don't know if I have if I have anything else. Do you want to rate it then? Ben, you got anything? Not really. All right. Uh, all right, but why don't you give it a rating? Well, when I first went into this review, I was thinking of seven. Now, after talking about it with you guys, it's it dropped down to a six point five. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure. I I'm probably gonna see it again. Fanny wants to see it. She wasn't able to go see it with me earlier today. Um, 
but the more that I think about it, the more I talk about it with you guys, yeah, there's some glaring problems. I don't know if it was just when I first sat down and I was just like, oh, yeah, this movie's finally coming out after all the years of turmoil it's been through. Um, I won't say it's a complete dumpster fire, but it does have issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sparks Orion? You want to I that? will also. No. I was, I mean, I was riding the line so hard in like a seven because like, yeah, because like a seven, I will rewatch again. But like, yeah. I don't think I'll ever rewatch The Flash again. But as I often do with movies that are less than a seven, I will rewatch some scenes on YouTube again. I will definitely be revisiting the microwave baby scene because I think it's just funny. And listen, honestly, I might want to watch like the first like half of this movie again one day. Who knows? But like, there aren't enough just like pure slapstick fun comic movies like this where it's like pure wacky. And like, mm-hmm. I, I I really appreciated it. Um, and then it just got you know you know we talked about it for the last hour. Six point uh- five. Uh, I also will echo the 6.5 rating. Um, I, uh, yeah, um, I think that there's, there's some things that, you know, feel really good and, and are fun to see and fun to watch. And there's final performances here that I really like. And it's, it's tough because I feel like it does get mired in just kind of the, the bullshit of, of not making a clear decision about what this movie was supposed to do um, and what this movie was supposed to be for. And the one thing that we didn't really cover that I'll touch on is that I do think Ezra Miller does a very good job with the emotionality of the goodbye to his mom. Oh, I love all the mom stuff. And I wish wish more of the film felt like it earned that performance and that moment, but I don't think it quite got there. Sure. And it's hard when I think like, granted, there is... Granted, there's a lot more time for him to have done this, but Grant's whole arc, Grant Gustin's whole arc on the show of accepting the loss of his mom was done really, really well. People have been sharing the scenes and I rewatched the the moment when Barry accepts it and Barry reveals that he becomes this superhero without her around to her as she's dying. And like, mm-hmm. it's just not comparable. Yeah. Uh, and it's so tough that like, I do think that this flash just needed more foundation before attempting a story like this and there just wasn't room for it. Sure. Yeah. I will say my final thoughts. Um, the Clooney, I know Mag said that, uh, at least it was the Val Kilmer. Uh, this, this ending is, is so unhinged, but it, but not, in a way that I appreciate it, like I did with Transformers: Rise of the Beast. This is, I don't, I just don't understand the, the decision to put George Clooney at the end of this movie that was that was supposed to, that everyone was saying like, oh yeah, it's going to hard reset the DCEU and we're going to go forward. Like, I Clooney is in this, and I don't understand. Like Clooney's not going to be your Batman. It just doesn't fundamentally compute as an idea for me. I I, I just cannot get over it. And I I, I just want to live in a world. Where tomorrow on Monday it's announced that George Clooney is in Brave and the Bold, and everyone oh. on the internet goes, "What?" Because that would be truly like the most insane thing to happen in comic movie. <laughs> I mean, this movie didn't do as well on opening weekend. No, so it's like true. that's how you get butts and seats. Still, it's right? true. You tell, you tell them like, "Hey, we reveal that Clooney's Batman at the end of the movie." Yeah. What if a, what they want to make, if they wanted to make Clooney Alfred, I'd be. That would oh. Be <laughs> oh, uh, I like Jeremy Irons being back again too. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was um, and uh, something we didn't touch on, but the post-credit scene I actually really like, mostly because I really like Jason Momoa, um, and I really like him as as Aquaman. I think that's, I think 
that whole scene is my favorite scene in the movie. And it's yeah. wild that that's the post credit scene. Uh, because like when he falls into the water, he's just like, this is home. I like this it here. This is my home. Yeah. This this is like a, oh, oh, we didn't talk about, it's one of the best jokes, which is when he tries to call for Arthur in the other world and he calls his dad and we get- Oh, <laughs> Thomas. And we get him. And Are you married to him? Like, is your wife the queen of Atlantis? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah. That's a really cameo. Very good cameo. Very funny. I laughed very hard. That was good. Yeah. Yeah, I like so, but I like the the Aquaman cameo. I thought that was, I thought that was very funny. And I, I yeah. speaking of things I'd watch, I'd watch that again. Specifically, that scene I've watched. Sure, again. they shot up um, the peacemaker. Yeah, and so my rating, I will echo. It's a six point five. Honestly, it might be a six. I don't want to be too harsh on it because I actually just think it's it's just kind of a, a fine film. So I'll go with a six point five for now. It, man, I, it bones me out because, like, like watching the movie, I'm like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, oh no, oh come on, yeah. oh, no. was, I was like, oh, Betty, like, yeah, like the fight was great. Like, we we're going down like the bat plane into the Zod ship. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, both deaths suck. That does, I just don't feel anything for it. whatever. No, yeah, it's it's true. Yeah. All right, shall we get into our book club then? Mm-hmm. 